Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. The sickness is tonight, you will be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that tonight God is set to walk in our midst in signs, in wonders, and in miracles. Hallelujah. How many of you are expectant this evening? Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to receive this evening? Amen. I said amen. Uh, I'm not sure which month is that, but I remember in one of these services, we called out people who were trusting God for the fruit of the womb. And um, a brother came out and stood for his sister, right? Is it his sister or his brother's wife? Stood for someone. Okay? And like he said, you know, probably everybody would have wondered, this brother is not married. You know, a young brother in church. Alright? But he just shared the testimony with us that the sister had taken in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And if I laid hands on you in that same service, then this year is your year for the miraculous to happen. Amen. And, um, a funny testimony, I remembered it again and I was laughing. It's always making me to laugh. <laughs> you know, a brother uh, sent in a prayer request that uh, he's trusting God for a job. They've called 10 people and they haven't called him. Uh, he wasn't sure. So we're praying and praying. So he called this afternoon, that they called it this evening, that they just called him to resume this night. So he told his boss, hold on, this is the funny part of his testimony. So he told his boss that no, he cannot come, that he's coming to church. So Stamina asks, is it the same work that we have been praying about? And my friend goes to work. <laughs> I believe, listen, there are a few times the anointing of God is strong on my life for signs, wonders, and miracles. But I believe that tonight is one of those nights. You will be healed. If you're trusting God for a job, when my hands come upon you, doors are going to open. I, I tell you, I tell you, when hands come on you tonight... There will be all kinds of adjustments in your life. There will be financial miracles. There will be healing miracles. But I believe tonight that there's going to be healing taking place in our midst. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have a child that um, the doctors have said is uh, autism. If you have a child that, uh, you know, doctors have said it's uh, hyperactive. Whatever those beautiful names they give to all of that. Well, hands are going to come upon that child tonight. Everything is going to function in the right balance. I said everything. Everything is going to function in the right balance. In the name of Jesus. Now, the, the power of God works in my life in two ways. Primarily through the laying on of hands, very strongly, and then through the word of knowledge. So, I'll be calling out some specific issues and uh, through the word of knowledge. And then we're going to receive it. I remember preaching in God's chambers in February. And um, I asked for people with pains to stand up. One of the most dramatic miracles that have happened in my life and ministry. And I called for people with pains to stand up. And um, two ladies stood up. So I was pointing to them. I'm like, okay, where, the, where was the pain? Because the church was, you know, they were a bit far. And, you know, the lady started looking surprised and surprised. Meanwhile, when she stood up and when I was asking her the questions, the pain just left. You know, and it happened to the next person, and it happened to the next person, and over four people in the same row without the laying on of hands, supernaturally got healed. Tonight, we are going to walk in the manifestation of the supernatural. And the healing power of God is going to go into work, and you will be supernaturally healed. 
Whatever the sickness is, whatever the disease is, tonight is your night. Can you say amen? amen. Alright, praise the name of the Lord. Let's lift our hands and just thank Him for what He's going to do tonight. Sing something. Let's just thank Him for what He's going to do tonight. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank Him in advance for what He's going to do tonight. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for what He's going to do tonight. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him for what He's going to do tonight. Thank Him for what He's going to do tonight. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Somebody give him glory. Say all the glory. Yes, Jesus. All the glory belongs to you. All the glory belongs to you. Come on, just enjoy the worship. Just enjoy the worship. Lift your voice and say. Lift your eyes and sing and worship Him, Jesus. tonight we thank you because all the glory belongs to you we thank you Father God because of what you want to accomplish in our midst this evening through the working of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit we promise to give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus mighty name we pray Amen let's have our seats let's get our Bibles and um, we're just going to read through a few scriptures and then we're going to get back to worship again and it's just going to minister as the Lord leads. Praise God. Let's, let's, let's get our Bibles and uh, share a few scriptures with you. Familiar scriptures or scriptures that you're already used to. But I want you to see them from another light. And um, primarily, uh, tonight is healing night. And we want to just go ahead and minister the power of God to your bodies. Amen. And uh, we're looking at authority over sickness and disease. Authority over sickness and disease. And like I said, I'm going to share a few scriptures with you. And um, we're going to pick it up from here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, uh, Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Let's go to Luke chapter 9 verse 1. I'm going to read some familiar scriptures. don't know how... 
long I'm going to teach, but I'll just follow the leading of the Spirit. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Praise God. And he called the twelve together. Remember, these were twelve disciples that he named apostles. And he called the twelve together. Praise God. Now, if you have uh, irregular menstrual flow, right? You are going to, everything in your body is going to get normal tonight in the name of Jesus. And your whole body system is getting aligned right now by the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. All right. Now, and he called the twelve together. Praise God. And if you've been diagnosed with low sperm counts tonight, that whole thing is getting dissolved out of your body and you're supernaturally getting healed right this very moment in the name of Jesus. And if you know someone like that, well, you can go ahead and believe for them also in the name of Jesus. All right. And give them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. Jesus gave the disciples, if you have pain on your, where would this be? Right side. If you have something around, not pain, but uh, what's it called now? Uh, kind of like a red spot around your right eye that obstructs your vision. In Jesus' name, that's going to just disappear by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he called the twelve together on your... Where is this? This is where? This is calf, right? Okay, if you have rushes here on your calf, behind your knees, and you have applied all kinds of stuff and it's not going, that thing is just going to disappear right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, so we'll get people in the house healed and people who are also following us, so... And he gave them power and authority over all the demons. How many demons did Jesus give them authority over? How many? How many is all? All is everything minus nothing. That's the definition of all. Everything minus what? Nothing. So let's assume, because there are some people who get sick in church because they believe all kinds of things. So people say, well, I went home and I matched poison. How many of you have heard that before? Right? And then they tell you that, well, this is not hospital uh, issue. It's, it's okay if you agree it's not hospital. Just don't agree it's not hospital, and then you now agree it's something else. Once you agree it's not hospital, then agree that Jesus is the solution. Are uh, you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So, if you feel that a demon is responsible for whatever sickness you're going through, then the power of God is also available to heal that sickness. And he, who did he give the authority to? To the twelve, to the disciples. So, the authority to heal sickness and disease was invested in the disciples. Right? Was given to the disciples. Now, he says, praise God, um, and he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to heal diseases. To heal diseases. To heal diseases. Not disease, diseases. So all kinds of diseases will be in the diseases. Right? Whatever form of it. Am I right? 
Okay, verse 2, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. To heal. Do both. Preach and heal. And, and when, I, when I read this verse of scripture, don't just look at me, look at yourself. Because you are commanded to also preach the gospel. You are not permitted to preach the gospel without also working in the miraculous that follows the gospel. Praise God. Are you still here? You have to put the word to work in your life. You, know, you should know that you have the authority. Now, he said to them, preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. He gave them authority. Give them the authority. Christ did not need this authority. He already had it and he gave it to them. He delegated it to them. Now, two words are used there. Authority and power. Verse, verse, uh, go back to verse 1. He gave them power and authority. Now, the word power is the word dunamis. It means power, ability, miraculous working power. An extended meaning of a person or a supernatural being or an administrative power. That's, that's the word that he gave them power. Dunamis, dynamic working ability. And number two, he gave them authority. Authority here means the right to control or to govern. The right to control or to govern. Now, let me explain it in simple terms so you can understand it. When you see the policeman stand on the road, standing on the road, and he raises his hands and stops a big truck coming, what do you think that policeman is using? Is it power or authority? He's using authority. And who gave him that authority? The government. Now, if you see a policeman, now, if the, if the 9-11 or the big truck does not respect that authority and blows past that policeman and the policeman takes his, uh, hopefully the gun is working, uh, takes his gun, uh, a good gun. It's been a long time I watched war films. I just remembered now. So I don't know which gun they are using now, but I think I've gotten too busy to be watching films. So maybe it takes a gun and a bomb. And what, what do you think, what is he now using? Is he still using authority? What is he using now? He's using power. Because at this time, the man, his will will not be into consideration whether he will stop. You know, when he raised his hands, his will could, he could decide to stop. Do you agree? Yeah. When the policeman raised his hand to the big truck, he could decide to stop. But if he shoots him and throws his bomb at him, do you think his will... Is he would the, 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 the person driving the truck will have to decide whether he will stop or not. Huh? What do you think? Will he stop? What's going to make him stop? The bomb. Power will make him stop. So power has no regard for your will. Right? Power has no regard for your will. That's the dynamic power. So if the policeman shoots the man, he will stop. Jesus gave the disciples both power and authority. He didn't just give us delegated authority, he gave us power. So when we exercise our authority and when we exercise our power, Satan has no will to stay. You see, Jesus did not send us out to preach the gospel without the power of God. 
And let me tell you something. Sickness can be very tricky. You can be trained to manage sickness. You, you understand that? Come on, are you here? You can be trained to manage sickness. They'll tell you, okay, the way this is now, do like this, do like this. You know, sickness can condition you the way you sleep. It can condition the way you raise your hand. You know, he say, lift up your hand. He say, no, 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 don't, don't take it higher. He wants to take it higher like, like that. My hand will leave the socket. The, the challenge is you can live like that all your life and even explain it to people and people will understand it and they will start. And but that's not God's perfect will for you. Praise God. You know, I said that's not God's perfect will for you. Amen. You know, sometimes you watch some things. You know, I, I, and, you know God, God began to deal with me about that. I don't know why I've been saying that very of course lately but you know God's been dealing with me about that because you know somehow unconsciously you just start feeling old unconsciously you just start telling yourself um, I think I have more white hairs on my head than, than you know the white hairs are growing faster than my age so you know sometimes I look at the mirror and I see all these white hairs and then you start telling yourself oh okay well I'm getting old I shouldn't do this I shouldn't do this so I was, I was saying something just talking to myself so I'm not going to be doing this again I think I'm not getting any younger and so, you know, the Lord began to speak to me about that. And said, so what, what are you making this adjustment for now? What, what's, what's, what's the motivation for this adjustment? Right? And the motivation for the adjustment is a lot of things you've heard, praise God, not from the Word of God, but from other people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So unconsciously, even though I'm in the faith, walking in the faith, acting on the faith, I just realized you've heard a lot of things, a lot of things that subconsciously, as you, as you keep hitting, what's going to happen? You start adjusting your life in that direction. I'm not saying be careless. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Come on, church, are you here? Are you following what I'm saying? I'm not saying be careless, but how many of you know that, um, especially women, please forgive me, but how many of you know that women don't like to want to, you know, be old? You know what I mean. So immediately you start getting old, you're still looking for all those creams. Right? They pick up the cream and they're like, anti-aging cream. Bless you. Bless your darling heart. You know, they start looking for anti-aging cream. Do you understand? They look for all the, all the, what's it called now? That thing that makes you people not to breathe well. What's it called? Waste streamer. You understand what I'm saying? Start looking for all the eyelashes that we still hold. You know, everything looks like we can't, we can't cope. You say you will have to cope. <laughs> so by the time, <laughs> by the time your wife gets home, when she starts unmasking, you are going to be like, Jesus. You understand? She removes the eyelashes, remove everything, remove everything. I don't know if some of you have extra ears, remove let your ears fall flat back. But if you can put that effort in the natural just to, use, to look young, how about putting that effort in your spirit? How about using the word of God, praise God, to renew your youth like that of an eagle? How about putting pressure on the word? Amen? And telling yourself, this is what the, Lord, this is what the word of the Lord says and that's how my body is going to respond. How about if we become a little bit more diligent with putting the word of God in our spirits? How about if we get a little bit more diligent with the confession of the word? You know, I like something that Pastor Mary has been doing all, I mean, a couple of weeks now. Just going to bed listening to healing tips. Going to bed listening to healing tips. Go, just, just, just doing that. Doing that all the time. And the truth of the matter is that if she keeps sowing that into her life and I'm not sowing that into my life, 
the difference is going to be clear. Are you following what I'm saying? They've got to be, a friend of mine uh, in Lagos, the, 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 the member was diagnosed with, with, with a very funny sickness, very, very funny sickness. You know, some of these sickness, their names, their medical names are so amazing, you almost want to say, can I have one? <laughs> you know, just one beautiful name like that, but very deadly sickness. And uh, the lady said, she got a hold of healing scriptures, teachings on healing. And after about six months, she discovered that she was free. And, you know, her phone can track how many times she listened to that message. She realized she listened to it 265 times. How many of you think that's some pressure on the devil? Hmm? That's why I use our sisters as an example. If you can go be that diligent for your natural body to look young, why can't you be that diligent with your spirit man? Don't let that sickness stay in your body any longer. You take authority over it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You take authority over it. The body of Christ should not put up with sickness and disease. I'm not talking about looking up to one healing evangelist. I'm talking about in your life, you use that authority. You tell yourself, no, in Jesus' name, no. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we all have to do it all the time. You know, I woke up, I woke up today, today's planning healing service. I woke up today with very terrible pains in my throat. Very terrible. So, I called uh, Pastor Mary, and uh, I just called her. She was in Palo Prince, so I just called her on the phone. And she came, and the first thing she did, she just grabbed my tooth, <laughs> you know, and exercise authority. Yes, that's the way to go. That's the way to go about it. The first thing you do, you take authority over it. And that's why you should marry someone who believes that they have authority. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, I said something the other day. You know, every man wants a praying wife. I said, why do you people want a praying wife? Is it so you'll be prayerless? I'm, I'm just trusting God for a praying wife. I'm just trusting. For what reason? So you delegate your spiritual life to your wife to be doing the prayers while you are watching football. Every man in this church, you, you stay at the head of the home in every area. You're not just only to provide money, you're to provide spiritual direction, you're to provide faith, praise the name of the Lord, you're to provide spiritual guidance, you're to cast out demons. That's your role. Sometimes we've been, we've been almost trained to just believe that immediately we can pay school fees, we've done everything. So you see women, do, you see a lot of women prayer meeting, right? How many of you see a lot of women prayer meeting going on? Yeah? Women are praying, midnight, early morning, afternoon prayer, marriage support prayer, pray for children. And the men are not doing anything. Sister. So they are not appreciating me enough. Maybe if you take some spiritual leadership, there will be a bit of appreciation. We need to have men who are walking in the power of the Spirit. Come on, are you here? Not just the bank accounts. Supply money, provide spiritual direction for your home, provide spiritual authority for your home. Don't delegate your prayer and your spiritual life 
to your wife and to your children. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 8, Jesus told his disciples, heal the sick. Heal the sick. Heal the sick. And so sometimes you realize, even as a minister of the gospel, I've got to put my faith for healing. I've got to put my faith for healing. Because <laughs> the word of God will work for anyone. The devil will still try to tempt anyone. We'll still try to put sickness on your body because if the enemy puts sickness on your body, he'll cut your assignment short. Praise the name of the Lord. He'll cut your assignment short. So, nobody is, in that sense, free from the attacks of the enemy on their health. So, in Matthew chapter 10, and verse 8, thank you Lord Jesus, Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, if you go to verse 7, it says, As you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of God, of heaven is at hand, sorry, heal the sick. Now, I'll point out something to you there. There's only one time the Bible talks about praying for the sick. Actually, the Bible never says pray for the sick. He always says heal the sick. Like, do it. And you can read your scriptures. You never see where it says pray for the sick. Every time it says go heal the sick. The only time it says pray is in the book of James. The other times it doesn't tell you to pray. That's why when you're praying for the sick, you take authority over the sickness. You're not begging Jesus to heal the person. You're not asking Jesus if it's your will. It's already his will. So, when you're praying concerning any sickness in your life, you do it. You take authority over it. It's not, oh, Father, you are seeing what I'm going through in this life. That is leg. No, 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 no. You are complaining. You're not praying. You hold the leg. You say, pain, leave. That's how to heal the sick. That's how to walk in healing. You're not begging Jesus to heal you. He has healed you. He's given you the authority. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you don't pray for sickness apologetically. You don't, you don't pray for sickness like, Oh, Father, we beseech thee. Leave all those King James English. You might die praying such prayers. They are prayers wrapped in unbelief and ignorance. Heal the sick, he says. Just do it. And you know, sometimes I wonder at the confidence with which doctors give prescriptions. You know, you just tell them, then they tell you to go to do all these tests, you know, bring, bring your eye, bring your head, you know, bring your toenails, then the right one, they say, okay, come, take this, take this. Very confident. Just eight years of knowledge. Confident. And you too have that confidence in them. When they say, okay, from today, make sure you don't drink water after seven. You will never drink water after seven again. Faith. <laughs> Are you following this? You know, there are some of you that doctors have said, you know, eat certain things. You know, there's no amount of preaching that will make you eat those things. I'm not saying go and eat, but you just realize from that day, you, your desire. And just imagine, ten years later, that doctor came and said, ah, I was wrong. Because they could be wrong. Praise God. You know, one time I was listening to a friend of mine, <laughs> studied nutrition, so he was telling me about good food. So by the time he finished, and I said, so from all what you have said, what can we now eat? Because from everything you have said now, it's only water that is safe. We eat this one, it's too much fat. We eat that, they say, <laughs> thank God that you went to school. But heal the sick, raise the dead. We're not even attempting the second one. We're not even attempting it. 
You know, immediately we hear someone is dead, our first response is not to pray, is to cry, and start calling people for the date. We're not even, we're not even going there. there. Hmm? We're not even attempting. And even if they say, let's pray, we'll just do it for formality's sake. We're not expecting the people to come back to life. The, the commands are simple and very straightforward. You cannot misinterpret it. You don't require a Greek word. There's nothing. Heal the sick, number one. Raise the dead, number two. Cleanse the lepers, number three. Cast out demons, number four. Praise God. These are the four things that God expects us to do. These are the four things that God expects us to do. Then he says, freely have you received, freely give. Means you never charge for these things because the power to get these things done, you did not pay any price for it. That's why you should never receive money from people before you pray for them. It's an abuse of spiritual authority. And after we have prayed for these people, when they are now healed, they will now go somewhere. They will not even remember the man God used. Are you in ministry so that you'll be remembered? Are you running business? I'm, I'm not saying people should be ungrateful, but if you start doing ministry because when you heal people, they have to remember you, then there's a problem. Just the desire to see people set free should be enough satisfaction for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you here? Alright. We're just going to read scripture, then we'll just worship and say. James chapter 5, verse 14. So it says, heal the sick. Hmm? James 5, 14. Raise the dead. Hallelujah. <laughs> Raise the dead. Amazing. James chapter 5 verse 14. Verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. So the scriptural solution to suffering is prayer. Pray your way out of the suffering. Not complaining. <laughs> Not crying. Pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. So, any of the side you are in, you have something to do. If you're suffering, <laughs> pray more. Then once your prayers are answered and you are cheerful, sing some more. Then he said, Is anyone among you sick? Now, when he said, Is anyone among you sick? He wasn't expecting the whole church to be sick. Are you following that? So he's like, hey, come on. Is anyone among you sick? This is the action. He must call for the elders of the church. Who are the elders of the church? Your zonal leaders. Elders of the church are not old men in the church. They were the ones governing. Timothy was a young man who was an elder in the church of Ephesus. So zonal leaders, you have a responsibility. If the people in your zone are sick, you have to go pray for them. Don't say, our pastor traveled. Just hold on. Hold on. I know my man of God. No, that's not scriptures. You pray. Hallelujah. And you, as a member of this church, know that when someone prays for you and it's not me, the word of God will work. Don't say, you know, somebody calls you, Zona pastor calls you, one of our leaders calls you, and they pray for you. Say, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much. And when is a pastor coming? 
<laughs> so their, their prayers is not first aid and my own is the real surgery. They are not preparing you for surgery. You know when you go to the hospital, they will tell some nurses to come and prepare you and the main doctor is coming. That's not what it is. The same way God will answer my prayer is the same way God will answer the prayer of anyone who prays with authority. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? I'll tell you simple. The reason a lot of people get healed more with some particular ministers than some others is very simple. Over time, these ministers share their testimony, share their testimony. So people already go there with faith and expectation. And the truth of the matter is that it's not everybody who goes there that's healed. But you are only shown the ones that are healed. So your faith builds up. And what happens when you're sick? Your mind starts telling you, go there. Go there. You know? Just like the woman with the issue of blood. So faith is built up. And that's why it sometimes is very important to share certain testimonies to stir people's heart. And if every one of you look at yourself, you realize that God had used you to also perform miracles. Praise God. Some of you have prayed for your children. It looked like nothing, but you realize after you prayed for them, they were running temperature. The temperature went down. To you, you just think it was normal. It's not normal. You heal the sick. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? And you need to build on that. You see, what I want to achieve tonight is just to encourage you to take this power that God has given to us and start using it. Use it in your, in your workplace. Don't be ashamed to pray for the sick. Oh, I'm feeling this headache. Can I pray with you? Can I, can I just say a word of prayer with you? Go ahead and pray. In Jesus' name, take authority over this headache. Total perfection in Jesus' mighty name. Just practice it. Go ahead. And believe. Don't just do it for... No, believe that God is going to use you to heal the sick. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you feel any pain in your body? Administer the healing power of God. Don't run away from praying for the sick. Don't be quick to just call pastor. How many sick people can I pray for? Hmm? Your husband is sick. Lay hands on him. That might be the only opportunity you have to really... Just, just don't tell them I sent you. To lay proper hands. And as you are praying for the sick, you are praying for every other thing else. So Jesus... Heal him. <laughs> Don't do what we make them drive you, but <laughs> pray with wisdom. But you understand what I'm saying? Exercise authority. Don't say, ah, don't tell me to be a widow. Don't tell me to be a widow. No, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. He's too early. He's too, you know, you're already, you're already thinking that his brothers will come and take. You're already looking for a receipt. Where did you keep TV receipts? <laughs> No, no, a, a believer doesn't think that way. Praise God. A believer doesn't think that way. You think healing. You think raising the dead. You think the power of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When the doctor gives you any diagnosis, you're not thinking this is final. You think this is an opportunity for us to see the miraculous working power of God. I remember when we had our son, Karis, who went to the hospital. And it diagnosed Pastor Mary with fibroid and they were telling us all these kind of interesting things. We thank the man. Bless you. You see, your problem is not against doctors. Don't, you know, some of you, not members of this church, people that are outside. 
Right? The way you have been trained. Once doctors say you have this, I don't have it. I don't have it. It is you. What, 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 what's that? That's being irresponsible. The doctor is not your problem. He just told you what he saw. If it was not in your body, he wouldn't have seen it. You brought it. It's not, it's not against flesh and blood. You know, don't, you know, when you watch too much film and you listen to too many wrong messages, it's a wrong combination. You are not jacking people in the hospital. That's not faith. It's foolishness. Whatever the doctor saw is a fact, but it's not the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you get into the Word of God. And sometimes it's even good to know exactly what the issue is. Just good. You know, sometimes people come to me for prayer. I say, well, go to the hospital, check out what did the doctor say. And they say, and sometimes I ask them, so what does the doctor recommend? And they say, oh, the doctor recommends it. And you're praying specific. You know, okay, this is the issue. So we got the report. And then we just trusted God, prayed on the word. You know, we went back and the report was changed. We didn't call prayer chain. Because sometimes the longer the chain, the greater the unbelief. God's word will work. Come on, somebody say, God's word will work. So he said, oh, but I've been praying, praying, I've not seen the results. You have not seen the results? There's something called recovery. There's something called cure. God's word is working in you. The healing anointing is at work in your body to produce healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise the name of the Lord. You know, one of the ways I started increasing the working of the Spirit of God in my life is I started targeting it at certain things that I can measure. So maybe you have something in your body that's not... Uh, you just have something you're trusting the Lord. You begin to measure it. You begin to measure it. Begin to work on it. Begin to work on it. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. You can use the healing power of God to clear some spots. You know, something that's not deadly. <laughs> if you haven't practiced long enough. You can use cream on some places and leave some places for the power of God to work on. And start administering the healing power of God. Look at your face every day in the name of Jesus. I curse this spot from the root. Call it done. Call it cleansed. You can use the power of God. Praise God. We have authority over the works of the enemy. Now, let's go to James. Okay, we're in James chapter 5 now, right? So, he says the prayer, verse, what now? Verse 14. It says, uh, and they are to pray over him. Now, pay attention here. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, it didn't say the oil is what heals him. It gives us what heals him in verse 15. What's verse 15? And the prayer. Everybody say, offered in faith. So it's not the oil. It's what? It's the prayer that is offered what? In faith will restore. We restore. Now, restoration here can also speak of a gradual process. So sometimes when you administer the healing anointing of God on your body, there is a gradual recovery. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes it's instantaneous, sometimes it's gradual. We'll restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. You see, until the church prayed, there was no raising up. It was when that authority was delegated, what happened? The Lord was committed to raising them up. But they had to pray the prayer of faith over that one. Alright, praise God. Let's go. I just want to read a few scriptures and we'll just pray. 
the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Just showing you certain things from the Word of God. I want you to come with testimonies of people you've prayed for. Amen. When you go for school outreaches. You know, I remember one time when we started church, I went to preach at the Finimal Girls, uh, Finimal Girls School. It was a mixed program. It wasn't a, a school service. It was a mixed uh, program. I think it was held by FCS or something. A youth group, though, but it was made of secondary school students. I mean, these children were noisy. Oof, boy. I tell you. And you know, I hardly can see it where there's noise. Acts 3.16. So, uh, so I just said, uh, I was trying to preach. They were not listening. So I said, how many people have pains here? So like four or five people came out. So I said, okay, come on, I'll pray for you. And the pains will leave. So laid hands on all of them. They were healed. Immediately they were healed. The whole class just went quiet. So I listened to them. So when you go to schools to preach, pray for the sick. Pray for the sick. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you're at work, pray for the sick. Speak God's word. Let's start using this authority. See, how does a doctor, you know, I was telling my dad, I, I knew a man who was a doctor, he's still a doctor, sorry, uh, when I was younger. So I was asking my dad, why hasn't this man retired? In my mind, I was like, I should have retired. You know, I was thinking like a teacher. So my dad now said, no, he hasn't retired. That sometimes in medicine, the longer you stay, uh, the more valuable you cannot become because you have seen cases. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it's the same thing with the healing anointing. The more you exercise it, the more proficient you become in it. So if you never pray for the sick, you will be surprised that when you are even sick, you will not know how to pray for yourself. You just say, ah, God, I beg. God, I beg. God, I beg. Don't let me die. Don't let me die. I still have things to do. What is that? What, what, what have you done? You have prayed that you still have things to do. What possesses God and the things you have to do? What are the things you have to do? Foundation that you laid. Because you, you never exercise that authority, so you don't even know how to pray. And that's why I say that sometimes people are sick, and he said, they say, oh, Father, have mercy on me. Father, have mercy on me. Whatever I've done, even if I cannot remember, the uncountable sin and uncountable ones, sin of omission and commission, Father, forgive me. <laughs> I'm just afraid of death. And you're not praying. A believer shouldn't pray that way. A believer shouldn't pray that way. You see, we have to train ourselves. How do, you see, the, the word of God, let me tell you something. This word is not religious. Jesus is alive. His word works. It produces results. Re remove religion from it. We will not be where we are today if not for the word of God. I've told you many times, I used to be sickly as a child. There's some marks on my face. I don't know where it is right now. But it wasn't tribal marks. Those were marks because my parents were looking for how to get healed. My parents weren't born again. There were a set of twins before me, before my younger brother. That's why we had that six years gap. It wasn't family planning. It was death. That took the kids just immediately after me. And because of those ones died, was what actually led my dad to begin to, you know, seek for the Lord. I was sickly as a child. My dad was involved in an accident at the Baden Expressway. He was going for a camp meeting in, um, in Illinois and his leg was, was smashed was reported in the newspapers then. I grew up seeing my dad use crutches. 
Jesus walked into his hospital bed and said, I can heal this leg. Held his leg, bounced the leg on the bed, and that was it. My dad started walking. Nobody prayed for him. Well, this is not just, what is your religion? Muslim, Christian. No, there is life in his word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let's take, you see, that's why I just tell people, don't, don't punish yourself by being in the world and being in God. It's too much punishment. Just know who is blessing you. Know who is your source. If it's the devil, well, just go ahead. If it's God, go. And that's why Elijah said, if Baal be Baal, let's serve him. But if God be God, he was too sure. Let's be believers who are sure of our faith in God. We're sure of his provisions. Praise God. You know, every, every day, every day we keep drumming it in the head of our son. Son, you've got to know God for yourself. Son, you've got to study the word. Because it, it, it could just be, oh, my father is a pastor. and I'm, No, there's a life. Know how to use this word to solve problems. When you go to the university, know how to use the word of God to get your needs met. Know how to use the word of God to stand against temptation. You, it's a life. It's an adventure of faith. God can heal. He's willing to heal. Oh, the doctors have said, I cannot have a child. That's what they said. The word of God says, children, I reward from the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise the name of the Lord. So, Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Let's do this quickly. Acts chapter 3, look at verse 16. Thank you, Lord. You know, um, they healed this man at the, at the, at the beautiful gate. <laughs> verse 16. I just want to talk about how they healed him. It says, let's go to verse 12. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us? As if by our own power or piety or religion or godliness we have made this man walk. Look at what Peter said. No pastor will say it today. He says, why are you looking at us? As if it's by our own power or piety we have made him walk. You see, one of the reasons why the power of God has been sucked out in a way out of the body of Christ was we began to have people who began to teach like they had one special healing anointing that nobody else had. But look at what Peter said. Peter said, come on guys, why are you looking at us like that? As if it's by our own power. They try to make it look like, you know what this thing, it's about Jesus. If we do that, we will have a whole body of believers doing the works of Christ. Of course, there are people who have the gifts of healing, but every believer can heal the sick if they are well trained. Praise God. Are you still here? Look at what it says. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered and disowned in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him. How many of you know that if we do a healing like this today, we will not bother to preach the gospel? We'll ask that guy to testify and testify and testify and testify and testify, show his pictures, show his leg before, after, after, before, before, just before, after, after. What is all those ones? See, look at the emphasis. Look at the emphasis of Peter. Look at the emphasis of Peter. He says, but you disowned him, the holy and righteous one, and asked for a murderer to be granted to him, but put to death the prince of life, the one who God raised from the dead, a fact to which we are witnesses. Look at verse 16. And on the basis, on the basis of what? Come on, church, let's read that loud and clear. And on the basis of what? Faith in what? In his name. This is the source of healing. 
This is the basis of healing. Say it in the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith through which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you. Or what I like about this verse is that the Bible says faith in the name of Jesus gives perfect health. Faith! You know, I, I was studying it today and I saw it and I said, thank you Lord Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus gives perfect health. And we have faith in that name. What's that name? The name that's exalted above every other name. Oh, how many of you have bought, um, well let me not mention any names, so, but how many of you have bought some of those uh, supplements they sell? Right? And they tell you, you know, very beautiful narrative, you know, all the food we are having, we are eating, they don't have iron, they don't have zinc, they don't have potassium, they don't have sodium, they don't have this one. Say, mm. say okay. These supplements give you extra iron, extra potassium, extra carbon, extra iron, extra zinc. Small bottle. Say, how much is it? Say, it's 45,000. Ah, it's expensive. Your life. We're talking about your life here. What is 45,000 compared to your life? It's true, my sister. You now buy two, 90,000. Hmm? <laughs> you finish eating. Say, give me two tablets. You drink. In your mind, you are putting iron and potassium and cash up. <laughs> it's good. I'm not saying you shouldn't. You see that small bottle? <laughs> You're diligent. You're ordering for more. Until that company closes down. The other company comes, then they now. But faith in the name of Jesus can give you perfect health. And it's free. It won't cost you anything. It will just cost you your attention and your time. You know that the things that are free, we don't value them. Hmm? You never told, if I'd announced we have a healing service, everyone come with, write a, print a cardboard, write your case, alright? One bottle of anointing oil on your left, one bottle of holy water on your right. It's not that we're doing church. It's not. I know that before, you know, we like that, we like that work. If it's too simple, it's not powerful. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The day you cast out demons and somebody throws up on the floor, say, hey, I said it. It's now where I see real power because it must be confusing for it to be powerful. It's faith in the name of Jesus. Saints, if we have faith in that name, we can walk in perfect health. How many of you know in the Old Testament, what does the Bible say about them? It says he led them out with silver and with gold. And come on, what happened? None was feeble among them. How many of us can believe that we will not be feeble? Yeah. We will not be feeble. Glory to the name of the Lord. You know the reason why we will not be feeble? Some of the things that God promised us, we have not even started them yet. You know, like I usually tell my friends, I said, it's not when God now blesses you with your car finally, they now say you can't drive. Ah, it will be very painful. And you now have a young generation that does not have respect for your journey with God. <laughs> they will not be asking, what do you want? Say, don't worry, you can't drive. We'll go and get it for you. You will see the car God has given to you just driving away like that. I won't... No. No. Come on, somebody say faith in the name of Jesus. What will faith in the name of Jesus gives us? Perfect health. First John chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of Satan. Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of Satan. 
First John chapter 3, verse 8. And we know Satan is the source of sickness. God isn't. So whatever sickness is in our body today, we take authority over it. Praise the name of the Lord. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy what? The works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the works of the devil. I like the Amplified Classic Translation. It says, the reason the Son of God was made manifest was to undo, to destroy, to loosen, to dissolve the work the devil has done. To destroy it. And Colossians picks it up for us. Colossians 1.8. Quickly, quickly. I just want to spend some time in worship. And even if you are not sick today, you just receive the power of God over your body. Amen. Colossians 1.8. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Colossians chapter 1. Praise the name of the Lord. Am I right there? Um, what did I say? Colossians 1.8. No, that's not what I'm looking for. He has this. And Colossians 2.15. Why did I put 1.8 there? Colossians chapter 2. And verse 15. When he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. So Jesus disarmed what? What is that? 2.15, I said. 2.15, praise God. When he disarmed the rulers and authorities, yes. When he disarmed the rulers, <laughs> I saw defrauded. I was like, where's that? When he disarmed... <laughs> The rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. So he made a public display of them. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You should be able to quote Acts 10, 38. Who can tell me what Acts 10, 38 says? How God, come on somebody. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Come on, continue. That he went about doing good and doing what? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God. Words with him. Is God with you? You know God is with you, right? And you know you are going about. Two things are showing this verse. Is God with you? Are you going about? No, no, let's forget about what you're doing. But are you are you are you going about? <laughs> you're going about, right? So what are the two things you need to complete this verse? Just do good and do what? And heal. Because God is with you already. You're already going about. Just, uh, uh, okay, yeah, let's, I believe you. I believe you're doing good. And healing all that way. See, Jesus is with us. Is God with us? Emmanuel? God is with us. Those names are not good Jewish names to hang on your kitchen cabinet. You know, they are how you just buy. So I like the way they carve this Emmanuel. No. It's not nice. Hebrew names to give to your children. No. It's a reality that God lives on the inside of you. And the Bible says if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, what will it do? It will quicken your mortal body. One of the things you must learn to say all the time in your life when you get up in the morning, say thank you Jesus. Every organ in my body is functioning perfectly the way it should function. I say that all the time. Praise the name of the Lord. Everything functions perfectly the way it should function. My blood vessels function perfectly. And Lord, if there's something I need to do, I receive the wisdom of God for it. Praise the name of the Lord. You realize that just a little pain in your body can destabilize you. 
Hmm? Just a little pain. Can destabilize you. And before you realize it, you're succumbing. It has become part of your life. No. God wants us to experience healing. Amen. Alright. Two more verses, and then we, we just worship. So we're just going to spend some time to just worship the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. And receive healing. Praise God. Just allow the power of God work in our body. Set us straight. Thank you, Jesus. Acts, uh, wait, did I say? Luke chapter 10 and verse 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And take time to meditate. Luke 10, 9. You know, I just ordered some books written by a theologian. Three volumes on miracles. And, you know, the reason I ordered those books was because uh, the theologian, Dr. Craig Keener, took a couple of years to investigate the miracles in the Bible. He's proven them scientifically, physically, archaeologically, just to prove that the miracles in the Bible are true. You know, sometimes there's a way you read about the miracles in the Bible and you feel like, mm, mm. <laughs> oh, it is where. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want God to catch you doubting him. So you just say, it is well. You now say, but this is the real life. Uh, no. No. You know, when Peter raised Dorcas, those, those people, they just told Peter. It wasn't like they were saying anything. They just went to meet Peter. You see, this shirt we are wearing is Dorcas that gets to us. Dorcas cannot die. And that's how they brought Dorcas and Peter. And to them, it was just their way of life. Remember, Paul, when he was preaching and the young man was uh, um, sleeping? And if he was sleeping in church, just because we're not upstairs, a lot of people would have died. These people just dropped in. Say, How many died today? Say, six. <laughs> he said, yeah, I was sleeping and fell down and died. And what happened? Brought him up. Paul healed him. And Paul continued teaching. So to them, it was, oh, it was normal. They didn't have to say, ah, Paul, 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 the miracle worker. They didn't carry him around town. They snap with Paul, snap with Paul. Okay, when you died, what did you say? He said, ah, I died. I was entering a pit. I was going, I was going, I was going. Then and I hit my knee. Come back. Come. You know, those are the things we like. We like the stories around it, not the manifestation. They didn't even ask him all those questions. It was like they warned him. If you die again, we will let you go. Oh, we are not rising, my friend. And Paul thought. So, miracles to them were normal. And that's how God wants the church to live. Come on, somebody. God wants miracles to be normal to us. Ushers, right? Come on. So, we, we, we envisage a day in our church when people are coming and the ushers can just get them healed. Praise the name of the Lord. So we say a day where people come to our zonal meetings and somebody's there with sickness, zonal leaders get them healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you're not waiting for a special man of God with a special anointing, with seven stars, general. No, God wants the whole body of Christ to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we've got to put our faith on the line for it. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Luke, two, let, uh, Luke 10, let's read from verse 8. I like what he says. He says, whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat what is said before you. Don't allow the man of God to be hungry. 
Verse 9. <laughs> you know, I read the Bible this way, and it's only those of you in church that understand. Because some people have written me and say, that translation you use. Say, which one? He says, when you say eat and don't let the man of God be hungry. Which translation is that? He says, there's no translation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he says, look at verse 9. He says, and heal those in it who are sick. Can you see that as an express command? Come on. Don't just eat for free. Come on now. Don't just collect food for free. Part of your... <laughs> heal them. Because if they were not well... How many of you remember Peter's mother-in-law? Right? Jesus went in to visit Peter's mother-in-law. So Peter cannot be the first pope because Peter had a mother-in-law. And if Peter had a mother-in-law, that means Peter had a wife. If Peter had a wife, that means Peter cannot be father. Father in the Catholic Church. And I don't even know why people write these things nowadays. Uh, my mother in love. My brother in love. What's that about? What's, what's that? So I've seen people write that. Brother in law. It's not, it's not your brother in law. It's brother in love. What's wrong with, with the word brother in law? Law is what? It's Old Testament. You see, all these religious, it's a religious spirit. It's, you have a mother-in-law. You don't have a mother-in-law. It's a religious spirit. That's an English word. It's not negative confession. It's an English word. And then, you know, you're wedding people and you tell them, say, for better for worse, say, no, for better for better. What is for better for better? It's for better for worse. And that's why we don't have commitments. Is it the fact that you make that does not mean you are saying that will happen to you. What you are saying is that the covenant I'm taking in front of the man of God, regardless of what life throws at us, I'll stay committed. For better, for better. Then you don't have food. You have run to your father's house. And you say for better, for better. I mean, all this religion is a religious spirit. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? This thing are religious spirits. They put you in a world that doesn't exist. I'm seeing that all over the place. My sister in love. So I started asking myself, what is this new one about? Let me even I'll address that some other day. Luke chapter 10. Just being religious. You get into marriage. It's for better, for better. Okay. Those who said for better, for worse, that are eating food. You that said for better, for better, you don't have food. Will you not say for better, for worse? We said for better for us, we are eating food. You said for better for better, you are hungry. We do not say what we said so you can eat what we are eating. I mean, it's, it's religious spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's a covenant of commitment. It's not, it's not your confession of what's going to happen to you. You are saying regardless of what happens, I am committed to this relationship and committed to this marriage. You see, the believer is never afraid. What about if worse comes? We will overcome. That's the believer. What are you afraid of? Sickness? You will get it healed. Demon affecting your marriage? You will cast it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The believer never runs away from anything. Can you say amen? amen. Luke 10, 9. So stop writing that thing. Write it the way it should be in English. Okay? Luke chapter 10. It says, whatever, and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. We release the kingdom by healing the sick. What's the kingdom? Righteousness, joy, and what? Peace in the Holy Spirit. 
rest on their peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yeah? That's the kingdom. He says, heal the sick in the city. You don't even need any special permission. You already have the authority. You already have the permission. Okay, last scripture. Come on, somebody. Matthew chapter 16. Are you still here? <laughs> you know, thank God you're not pastored by religious folks. Hmm? That's why I like what pastor said this evening when a dear brother called. You know, that says what makes me laugh all the time. See, I told him I cannot come, that I'm going to church. Pastor said, is it the work we have been praying for for the past two weeks, my friend, go? See, that's not being religious. Because we've been believing for this. We're not saying your job should take you out of church. But you understand, we can be religious and miss that. And we've been praying and believing for it. So, you see, when you have a religious spirit, you will think you're doing everything right. But you're not doing it right. Hallelujah. The believer is not afraid of troubles. You're not, are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, make up your mind in this life that whatever comes against me, I am well able to overcome. That it makes you, are you hearing this? You're not, oh, I don't want to, no, no, you're not afraid of anything. You're not afraid of anything. Why? The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 17. Let's step on the keyboard. The worship team, get ready. Matthew 16, 17 to 18. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Alright, I think I got that my scripture wrong. Go to Matthew chapter 29. Matthew 29 and verse 18. It says, And when Jesus and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, What? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. What did he say you should do with this authority? Go therefore. What should you do? Go and heal. Go and preach. Go and declare the gospel. Saints, it's important for us to know that God has granted us authority. Hallelujah. Then go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creatures. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who disbelieves shall be condemned. Verse 17, what's going to happen? These signs will accompany those who have believed. Have you believed? What signs shall accompany you? Matthew 16, 17, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they eat and drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. What's the last thing they're going to do? They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're, going to, we're just going to act on the word of God. Let's be on our faith. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just be on our faith. And as the worship is going on, if there's, any, if, I, if there's any sickness or disease, you're believing God for healing, you just come forward. It's going to lay my hands on you. We're going to act on the word of God. And that recovery is going to be set in motion. We're just going to spend some time to worship the Lord. And even if you're not sick this evening, you're just going to just enjoy the worship. Just bask in the presence of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. 
And if you need healing in your body, just meet me up in front. I'm going to lay hands on you. We're going to trust God for the healing power of Jesus to come upon you. Whatever the sickness is, thank you, Father. As we bless your holy name, you deserve the glory and the honor. And I lift my hands in worship as we bless your holy name. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.